You're watching our daily BIV video, Coping with COVID-19, which walks through how businesses and our economy are being impacted by the spread of this virus. With me today is Ken Peacock, Vice President and Chief Economist at the Business Council of British Columbia. The BCBC is out with a new report that models how significantly our provincial economy could be impacted by this pandemic. Ken, good to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Now, first of all, I want to try and get a sense from you of how difficult it is to try and do any kind of modeling in this environment where it really seems like the extent of the pandemic and how governments are responding changes minute by minute and day by day. So how big of a challenge is it to try and forecast where we're going to be in however many weeks or months? Well, Haley, I I absolutely appreciate you starting with that question because it really is challenging. It's really difficult. As people know, things are changing daily. Government announcements are are happening almost every day. We saw a huge announcement announcement from the federal government this morning regarding wage subsidies for small and medium-sized businesses. And the real challenge is we just have no idea the extent of kind of the closures, how long they're going to last what's going to happen with respect to international travel. So there's just so many variables. Nevertheless, we boldly forged ahead and took an attempt to try and kind of get some sense of what the the economic impact is going to be, just to help people and policymakers have an idea of what might be coming. So we, uh, we, we, to our the best of our ability, we tried to wrestle this to the ground and come up with some number. (laughs) Well, on that point, I'm interested in getting to those numbers. So you've modeled two potential scenarios. Tell me about the first one that you have on the table here. Sure. So the first scenario, we just look at the current situation, look at what happened in China and say it's likely that restaurants and bars and gathering places and we'll kind of be told to stay inside for probably another seven weeks at least. So eight weeks in total, maybe 10, maybe 11, maybe 12. And and our sense is even when things do start to get uh, returning back to normal, that will be a gradual process. I don't think we'll see a situation where they say, okay, all bars and restaurants are open, everybody back business as usual. I think it'll be more gradual. So some kind of closures, partial closures into this summer. And we also think the airline industry is going to be very, very hard, hard hit right through in, into the summer months. So this scenario is the COVID-19 crisis and response to it carries on for another couple of months. And then we get sort of this gradual return, but there will be challenges. Many businesses will be closed and unemployment will be higher uh, for quite some time right through to the end of the year. That's kind of our operating first first scenario kind of case. Yeah, and you mentioned the airline industry. Obviously, I think in any scenario, they're already feeling some pretty severe impacts and that understandably impacts our tourism sector. Any other sectors that are especially hard hit under this first scenario? Sure. So the airline and and tourism industry, we're talking about upwards, you know, between 30 and 50 percent reductions in some of these industries. The accommodation industry is an example. Um, We think the film and television industry is going to be pretty hard hit. That was a that was a very kind of once high flying industry. But uh, I understand that a lot of production sort of stopped and wrapped up. And that was even before the the Canada U.S. border was closed and then the border was closed. So I think that industry is going to be hard hit. Um, and then I, I should I forgot to mention in the first scenario, we sort of envision a global recession coming on as well. Um, so this impacts BC's export sector. You know, it's one thing to think about the domestic economy, but we also have to think about the broader context here. And we think a global recession and a, and a U.S. recession is also going to weigh on BC's export sector. So we see parts of 
um, you know, mining and, and some of the manufacturing sector also being quite hard hit. And it's not entirely clear how construction is going to fare. I think construction activity can continue. There's some concerns, of course, with transmission of the disease uh, at sites, but social distancing or physical distancing can continue at construction, but it's not clear how much businesses are going to pull back investment plans. So we also see construction activity being dampened, not hit as hard as other sectors, but dampened somewhat. Fair enough. Any sense of the extent to which our economy overall might contract? Any numbers associated? Sure, sure. So, so you know, we, we did this. We did an industry by industry analysis. And actually, some industries expand. I mean, the obvious one is healthcare, all those resources flowing into healthcare. Uh, even there, it's a little bit tricky, though, because elective surgeries are being canceled. So that's a, a dampening effect. And then we have the spending of you know, all, all the efforts to combat the virus. So, but on a net basis, we think healthcare sector will expand and the, and the public administration sector expand. So there are areas that expand, but when we add all the industry impacts up, we come up with a number of around just over 7% in terms of a contraction. That's a, that's a big contraction. Uh, and in our paper that we released, we said, you know, it's, there's so much uncertainty, it might be better to think of it in the sort of a six to 8% range, something like that. Because I mean, yeah, yeah, we published a decimal, but it's almost laughable to publish a decimal just because there's <laughs> so much uncertainty. <laughs> Fair enough. Give me a sense of how significant that six to 8% range is. I remember we'd have you on the podcast and going back over the past several years, BC enjoyed really strong growth that was easing off before we were hit by this COVID-19 pandemic. But historically speaking, how big is this number? Yeah, so this is something that really shaped our thinking when we went through this process because we are essentially kind of guessing for, for a lot of sectors what the impact might be. So we went through and looked at first the, the great recession, the financial crisis, 2008-2009 downturn. And in that downturn, the BC economy contracted by 2.6%. So our sense is this recession is going to be bigger and more widespread than the financial crisis recession. So kind of twice as bad seemed like a reasonable approximation. So six to seven percent seemed reasonable after we went through all our industry analysis. And just for people who can remember the brutal 81-82 recession, the economy actually contracted by six and a half percent in that year. So we're not unprecedented in terms of, you know, a five to six percent contraction. But it's it's going to be painful. That 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 is a sizable downturn. Mm-hmm. What do we know based on those historical events? How households might behave, or how individual businesses might behave if we see this size of contraction? Well, this this is and this is the other thing. In, in we can't model it explicitly, but in our thinking, we we were also you know going households are going to be hit, incomes are going to be diminished. It's going to take some time for households to rebuild their savings, probably pay off some debt because they're just not going to be made whole by government subsidies. It's just not possible. Um, So again, this sort of points to gradual recovery in consumer spending. Um, Sure, there's going to be some pent-up demand. People are going to be anxious to go out, but I think the hit to households is going to kind of of weigh on how quickly we we see a pickup and a boost and a recovery in spending. So this is is the other thing. A traditional recession 
you see business investment fall and you see people stop spending on what we call consumer durables. So big ticket items, furniture, cars and whatnot. And that pattern is very consistent and you see contraction, like I said, in business investment, business spending, spending on consumer durables. What usually holds up in a recession is spending on services, consumer spending on services. People still have to get haircuts. They still go out for food sometimes and whatnot. Here we have that sector being shuttered. So again, reflecting back to the 2009 financial crisis, you know, 2.6% spending on consumer services held up and it actually grew by a couple percent during that recession. Take a big chunk of that out and we think it's entirely plausible that the economy will fall six, six or seven percent in, in 2020. So all this really cheery news that you're giving me, it's all part of scenario one. Tell me a little bit about scenario two. Scenario two, it would just is a kind of an extension I wouldn't say worst case scenario, but it's more of a the lockdown extends right through the summer. The global recession is deeper than we envision in scenario one. Airline travel is really, really kind of held down and discouraged right through the end of the year. Um, that kind of thing. So we see very little recovery in any tourism activity at all. And this this thinking is kind of influenced by the fear that a second or third wave of the virus will pop up. And if that becomes a concern kind of right around the globe, we think that there will be sort of tight restrictions on airlines still. And the recovery will just be more muted because this sense of concern and just how quickly people can go back to work just really kind of dampens. And the economic malaise is worse uh, under that scenario. And to be honest, in a lot of instances, we just looked at industry contractions under the first scenario and just kind of went, and maybe it's twice as big in the second situation. Just to, again, we're doing going through this process of adding up the impact by each industry. So just kind of getting a sense of what the overall impact is when we do that. And we come up with a number of around a 10 or 11% contraction under that much more dire kind of outlook. Fair I will enough. say here, no, just, sorry, just to continue. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is there's a certain amount of resiliency in the economy. It's it's very difficult to kind of go through each industry and manufacture or create a scenario or situation where the economy contracts by much more than 10 or 11%. And if it does, it's, it's going to be very, very dramatic because, you know, one fifth of all economic activity is public sector. So there's these industries that just aren't going to be hit. Um, there's still going to be manufacturing activity. People still need to eat. Food stores are still going to be open. So, you know, worst case scenario sounds pretty bad, but I think there's a, a little bit of a limit to just how far we can fall. I don't know. It's a little speculative still, but I hope that's the case. Yeah. One of the questions I have, of course, governments at all levels are doing their best to kind of mitigate how much we might fall and prevent you know, businesses from collapsing or individuals being stuck with mortgage payments or rent payments, et cetera. Do you think that the responses we've seen from government match either of these scenarios in terms of their significance? Um, I, th- I think the the response from the federal government that was announced this morning, small and medium-sized businesses getting wage, wage subsidies or uh, up to 75% of their wage bill is a very, very significant move. Uh, right from the outset, um, my, myself and my colleagues, we've been concerned about this loss of business and businesses closing and, and the destruction 
of that capital and that the sort of the foundation of so many jobs. If the, if a big chunk of those businesses disappeared, then the recovery would be much more gradual. I think this 75% wage subsidy coupled with some business loans uh, or some business loan that's going to be on offer will absolutely help businesses. And if we can get to the other side of this thing with more businesses intact, that's good news. To me, that helps us be more in line with our first scenario. And maybe even, you know, I hope we're wrong. I hope things are more like the 2000. 2009 financial crisis, a 3% contraction, that's much easier to weather. But the measures help fend off that more dire second scenario, I would say. So it's good news. It's definitely good news. A lot of people were expecting us to head into a downturn. We were seeing those signs before we were hit with this kind of black swan event, if you will. When we look at those underlying forces that were pushing us toward this global economic slowdown, any sense of what those issues are in this new context and whether there's any sort of silver lining about when we might see a bit of a correction, all else held equal? <laughs> uh, silver, I, I, it's so hard to say, you know, when, when this thing first started to unfold, I think I was on your show and I, I envisioned kind of a, a fairly rapid rebound. I, I thought, you know, people kind of locked in for maybe three or four weeks and we, we wrestle the virus and get control of it. And then it's kind of business back to use. I don't think that's the situation any longer. Um, I, there probably are some silver linings. They're, they're just difficult to identify when you've got so much coming. I mean, there are industries other than healthcare that, that will grow. I mean, and, and you've seen some realignment and retooling for production. I think the silver lining is just the, we will see more and more companies uh, respond to retooling to produce medical equipment that is needed and other things. I, that is great news. And I think we'll see more of that in Canada and the U.S. And that will help uh, fight the virus and it will provide some stimulus. But those kind of small little pockets of growth don't offset the, the wider spread closing down of restaurants and theaters and haircut, you know, salons and everything else. So there, there are pockets of <laughs> of good news. But like I said, the extent of the slowdown and the broadness of, of this downturn is what's generating the kind of large economic recession that we're anticipating now. Yeah, and I know it's so difficult to foresee how long this is going to last and what that recovery is going to look like. I'm curious what you're thinking on the following. Uh, once we're through this, do we get back to a version of business as normal or does an event of this magnitude maybe even change what we think of as normal? Are there things, lessons we take out of this or industries that change irreversibly as a result? Yeah. Have you given any thought to that? I, I, I almost obsess on it. <laughs> like I'm thinking <laughs> about it constantly. Uh, you know, and uh, again, uh, initially I was thinking we'll return to business as usual. I think we're going to have lasting implications from this now. Uh, one can't help but think about international travel whether there will be different protocols, measures, uh, contain testing in place. Uh, I think the cruise ship industry, there will be permanent changes there. And I, I think really where we're going to see significant changes in this whole supply chain conversation. I think companies are going to realize and, and have woken up to the reality that they're, they're vulnerable in multiple points in the supply chain. So I think you'll see 
uh, a big push to build resiliency and redundancy into supply chains and cost minimization, which has kind of driven a lot of business decisions over the past decade or, or so, or even probably longer, will not be the primary consideration. It will be resiliency and redundancy, with some attention, of course, being paid to cost. But I think that is going to perhaps be the, the biggest change coming out of all of this. Well, as we wrap up, Ken, you mentioned that this report is intended to serve as kind of a guidance document, so to speak, to businesses wondering, you know, how exactly am I supposed to plan in such an uncertain time? What's the bottom line for businesses maybe wondering, okay, without any clear uh, evidence as to how long this is going to last, what's the message to them when they're trying to do their planning and they're trying to forecast as best as they can about what's to come? What is safe to assume at this point? Safe to assume, I think, is... The, the sort of consumer-facing services are going to be shuttered for the next uh, at least five or six more weeks, I would say. Just judging, just based on how long it takes for the, the, the wave of the virus to peak in China, I think it was 35 days before they leveled, leveled off that curve. Uh, they were closed down kind of for the better, parts of, better part of three months. So if I was operating a business that was selling products and services to consumers and was shut down, I would anticipate another, another seven or eight weeks and then some gradual resumption and i would be looking to the government support to engage and make use of government support wherever possible uh, this is like you said this is a black swan event this does not happen it has not happened before so it's it's really just a hold on and and do it do what you can and remain in touch with your employees let them know what you're doing what what the thinking is try and keep them engaged so that when you do reopen you can recall those employees and get them back to work i just there's going to be a lot of displacement and it's not at all clear uh, where people will go if they'll go to different industries take different career paths um, there's a, just basically a lot of uncertainty and unfortunately at this time i, I just don't have a, a lot to offer other than everybody everybody's in this together i think and the the, the more we all stay in and get past this the, the close down the sooner we can get the economy kind of returned and, and back on a, on a on a path of maybe returning to some normalcy not full normalcy i wouldn't think Fair enough. Well, Ken, appreciate what you have offered. Really good to have your insight. And as always, great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Haley. That's Ken Peacock with the Business Council of British Columbia. You can go to their website for that report we've been talking about today and more coverage of that also available at BIV.com. 